With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. I gazed up at the full moon rising in the sky. The change was coming. My fingers and toes started to tingle. It became harder to swallow, and my chest became tight. I loved and hated the moon in equal measure. It brought suffering and bliss in one, damnation and salvation. Finally, it took its position above. Everything happened all at once. I closed my eyes, let my clothes fall to the ground, so I stood clad only in the moonlight. I let my body go limp rather than fighting the change. My ribs expanded with a loud crack. My forearm bones expanded, shoulders pushing outward, skull morphed against nature, and my jaw grew. Human teeth fell out, and sharp fangs replaced them. It was agonizing. My legs grew. Fur burst through my skin, rippling it, and soon the change was complete. I howled up into the sky and leapt down from my position up high. Ravenous, and the scent of a variety of animals filled my nostrils. There were small-time prey, rabbits, etc., and I had no interest in any of those. Even larger prey, such as deer or moose, wouldn't pose a challenge. The prey I wanted knew exactly what I was, and equally hunted me. Like in Hunter's. Lured toward them, standing with their rifles ready. It was too easy, too open, and already younger or more foolish lichens threw themselves into a pit filled with spikes only to be guns down. In my human life, I didn't know any of them, yet my lichen form instantly wanted revenge. I crept around the outside, watching the safe places where they placed their feet and didn't sink below. They were talking and laughing among themselves, a shared camaraderie. They'd been out for a while when I noticed the subtle signs they were starting to slip. They weren't keeping watch. They were more focused on the conversation. And finally, they sat down as the air changed. Dawn was approaching. It was risky. I would change out of this form soon, whether I wanted to or not, and become human again. I crept forward. Inch by inch, I hid behind a bush, peeking through it, and the back of one of the hunters faced me. I leapt and pushed him to the ground, my fangs at his throat, and I pulled it upward, ripping it loudly and spraying blood into the air. The other two stunned, eyes wide and frozen in place. Blood squirted them in the face. I reached out with a clawed hand, pulled him forward, and crushed his skull with a loud crack. I wanted the survivor to know suffering and fear. He backed away, rifle pointed in my direction, and it jerked from one side to another. I towered over him, the sunlight starting to peel through the forest casting lights down on us. I waited too long. Sensing my weakness, he fired. It struck my arm and burned me. I let out a half-cry roar and punched him. The fur was dropping off in clumps as my human side fought to regain control. 
My ribs crunched downward as they compressed, and I grabbed the rifle. We each pulled on it, trying to snatch it from each other's hands, and I managed to get it away from him. I threw it away. My wolf teeth fell out, and I spat them in his face, my clawed fingertips cutting into his skin, and my eyes shifted, finally able to see color like humans could. He tried to kick me in the groin, but missed. I picked him up. Body slams the hunter into the ground and heard his ribs snap. He screamed. Fuck you, you fucking lichen. I straddled him, took his head in my hand and slammed down hard on the ground. Again until the back of his skull was broken and the forest floor was coated in his blood. The wave of exhaustion hit me. I flopped to the side, staring up at the sky and blinked until I finally fell asleep. I woke up late in the afternoon, body aching and covered in only dry blood. Flies hovered around the various corpses surrounding me, their buzzing endless. I sat up, put my head in my hands, and sighed. Every muscle, every joint, and every bone ached. I made my way through the forest to get back home, hoping that none of them would find me or follow. I walked through the rock-filled stream so they would lose my scent. I lowered myself down in the bushes by the side of the road to conceal me from view until I knew it was clear for me to cross. I went through the back door, closing it, and scurried up to the bathroom to wash myself. My little sister's bedroom door opened, and I heard a... Tristan? Tristan! I didn't answer her yet. My hair was messy, with leaves and dried, clotted blood in it. Eyes bloodshot, barely blinking, and I spat out stray pieces of human flesh into the sink. I coughed and lifted a chunk up with my fingertips to examine before I looked at my reflection. I looked wild, truly feral, and I had never killed a human before. I ignored her, staring at my eyes when I heard the bathroom door open. Ugh, fuck, look the- Oh my god, what the hell happened to you? She demanded. Her hand covered her eyes to shield them from my nudity. I was hunting and didn't get back until late. I snapped, not looking at her. Can you get out and close the door? Whose blood is this? A deer. I didn't bother to look at her and threw a hand's towel at her. Get out. She slammed it. Fine. Clean the shower out. I'm not cleaning it and come out and get your breakfast. She answered in response, her voice fading with each step away while she strode down the hallway toward the kitchen. I sighed, turned the faucet on and stood in the water. Letting the heat relax my muscles and begin to scrub my skin. Chunks of blood and skin went down the drain. It was the first time I killed humans, hunters specifically. I washed my hair and a stray finger fell to the floor. I heard it fall to the floor and picked it up, staring at it. An hour earlier, and I may have given it a nibble, I washed every part of my body, making sure all the blood and gore was off. I rinsed out the shower begrudgingly admittedly doing a half-assed job, and stepped out of the shower. I gripped my teeth, my bones and muscles still ached, and I popped some painkillers to numb the pain. Many lichens have a tendency to take something to avoid the pain. I walked to my room, put on some pants and a shirt before making my way to the circular kitchen table. A full breakfast. Bacon, eggs, sausage, fried mushrooms, tomatoes, and hash browns. Unfortunately for me, my sister had already started to devour most of it. Wild night, huh? 
She eyed me up and down before taking a mouthful of cereal. She was the only one who knew about my condition and kept a secret from the rest of our family. We lived in a seaside town close to a forest that boomed during the tourist season and they became a ghost town the rest of the time. In order to protect her, I kept many of the traditions of the lichens hidden from her, and I lived a normal life. I sat, reached for bacon and eggs, ignoring anything with plant matter, and let the hunger take me. My sister sat, side-eyeing me while sipping her coffee. I didn't care. I kept going. I may have to skip town for a couple of days. I didn't look at her not wishing for her to question me or to find out quite what I've done. I had a nagging feeling she wouldn't believe me. Uh-huh. She kept watching me, skeptical and waiting for further explanation. I knew I wasn't going to be let off the hook. She poured me a cup of coffee, black with no milk or sugar, and pushed the mug toward me. I accepted it. The warmth in my hand felt good, and I lifted it to my lips. I needed to think of a way to tell her without making her worry. I had an eventful night and may need to take a day or two away. You came back to the house covered in blood and skin. So, she said, taking a mouthful of greasy bacon. Did you kill someone last night? I didn't want to answer. You are covered in blood. You are embarrassed about it. You're still being fucking weird. She ticked it off on each of her fingers. She scoffed, kept eating, and continued with a mouthful of food. Was it self-defense, or did you murder some innocent random? She asked, with surprising curiosity, rather than concern. No, it... it, uh, I hated when she could read me. No, they were hunters. Lycan hunters, specifically. They attacked another lycan, and so... I hesitated. I took them out. Was the lycan someone you knew? I shook my head. Are you worried they're going to come after you? I don't know. I need to report to the council about what happened, and- The council? I didn't know there was one. I'd already told her way too much. Secrecy didn't protect us necessarily. It tended to protect our human relatives, and I knew why so many people pushed aside their human family, abandoning them, even. Instead, preferring to find a Lycan clan for support. Yes, I was going away, camping. You don't need to worry about me. She gave me a doubtful expression then went back to eating, and I don't think she believed me. I'll keep in touch. Don't worry. Fine. When do you think you'll be back? A week. Two at the most. All right. I guess... Good... Um, werewolf thing with the moon, I guess? She offered with a cheesy thumbs up. Lycan. I corrected her. I got up and dressed and packed my thick, canvas backpack full of necessary items. I made sure I brought plenty of painkillers, some beef jerky, and a bottle of water. I had to resist the urge to grab the bottle of whiskey from the alcohol cabinet. I figured most of these items would be abandoned while I was in my beast form. I put on my shoes, content to leave wearing clothing that would be happy to discard. I traveled deep into the forest over a day, and I felt life flow through me. I've always preferred the outdoors, rather than being inside. I wanted to get out to avoid people. Fortunately, the quiet, tourist-free town was nearly deserted and headed down the dirt path. I wondered who would find the deceased humans first. Other lichens. Perhaps it would be the hunters, or even the mortal police. Each one posed its own risk. 
I walked deep into the forest where the dirt trails became fewer until they finally disappeared altogether and the beast inside caught their scent. Lichens. Three of them. Stopping in my tracks, unsure of the etiquette I was supposed to follow. Here to explain what happened. A gruff, gray-haired man stepped out from the forest. He had a thick gray mustache with curled up ends. His eyes glowed briefly in the shadows and were an ember brown in the light. He wore hiking gear and was flanked by two others, both younger, and the ferocity in their eyes told me they had changed recently. My eyes went to the ground as they came close to me, smelling my clothing, and their minds were akin to beasts rather than men. They were hunters. They killed another lichen, and then they... I... killed them. Dealing with other lichens was a challenge, and the different political factions among them, coupled with dealing with my mortal life, it was a struggle. Do you think that was wise? He asked. The other two circled me, and I heard a taunting, clanless, and packless muttered under their breaths. The biggest insult. I couldn't help myself but growl at this. Instinctively, the lichen took control and lifted his head, uncaring of the consequences. The greybeard grabbed me by the scruff of my neck and shook me roughly before he released me with a push. A warning. I grunted and continued. Not wise, but the right thing to do. They regarded me for a while. The greybeard gave them each a terse nod, and they released the pressure. Fair enough. We'd have to do an investigation. If we go by the book, I'm supposed to tell you what you did was against council instructions, and to discipline you. You took out an old school smoking pipe. Not to be crass. You don't have a clan or a guild to back you up, and need to be careful. Nor are you moonborn. He added. Some of my kind could change at will, while others, like myself, were controlled by the whims of the moon. I was turned and not born a lichen. Off the book, you butchered those hunters something special, and we need more of that. He leaned in with a wink, showing even lichens didn't always respect authority. I didn't know how to respond. We're from the next couple of towns over, up in Asherville. If you want to head on over, meet some of us, spend time with our alphas. Perhaps it was an offer to join. It would give me more protection and support, but I would be bound by a blood oath. The only way you left a clan was through death. I'm honored by the invite. Not wishing to commit to anything. If not, you could try looking into the guilds or even working for the council. Boring dogs. He watched me, studying me, and I couldn't tell what he wanted from me. I guess I'll see you around. Oh, my name's Garicho, if you ever need to get a hold of me. He gave me a dip of his head in farewell before he and the two others left through the forest they came from in their human form. I couldn't quite track them. I kept walking out into the wild, enjoying the scenery and the peace that came with it. Technically, I could return home since they had dealt with the hunter's corpses, while I was alone, I was free to be myself. I hunted deer in the dead of night, feasted in beast form, and roasted the meat above a fire in human form. Since the first time I turned, I was finally happy. Finally, 
My days of freedom came, and I knew I had to return to civilization. I knew something was wrong as I walked up the driveway. Too silent. Even late at night, I would normally hear the TV or movement. Instead, a heavy silence hung in the air, and the smell of blood lingered in the air. I ran inside, opened the door, and called out, Marie! Hoping my sister would answer, and it never came. Without her call, I followed the heavy trail of blood on the floor, and found her laying on the floor. It was dry, and now fresher around her corpse. She would have been like this for a day, barely clinging on to life. I ran over and rolled her over, so she faced me. Carved into her chest was a twisted sword, the symbol of the hunters, and it was clear, targeted revenge. I thought I was careful when I came back afterward. Her body was limp, drained of blood, from deep gashes on her arms and legs, and her eyes slowly opened. She looked up at me, gave a pain-filled smile with a mouth full of blood. I knew she was close to death, and I couldn't lose her. It was risky, and I couldn't call the police. An ambulance wouldn't get her in time. She wouldn't survive traveling either. The only option, and a potentially fatal one. With a healthy human, it was risky, but I had no choice. I pulled her close and bit into her neck. The lichen venom coursed through her veins, leaving dark stains. She made a slow whimper. Her body shook, and she choked. If she survived the bite, then perhaps we shared the same genes that would allow us to both survive. Please, please, don't die. I pleaded, mentally begging to every deity known to man. Watch over her, Mars. Sacred Mother Lupa. Protect her during her first change. I remembered the words of my sire. They too had been whispered over me as my body went through the process of my first change. The Lycan Gods. I held her hand. The bones cracked and twisted with the joints snapping backward. If she could survive this, she would live. Her eyes changed from brown to yellow. Her skin peeled off in places to be replaced by her thick lichen fur. Her wounds seemed to heal and her top teeth were brutally pushed out, replaced with her lichen teeth. Too big for her jaw. Her eyes were panicked, wide and white. Her fingernails twisted off and were replaced with claws on smaller human fingers. She screeched when her tail came through, covered in clumpy fur. I looked in horror when her back widened, but her body remained the same. One leg became wolf-like, and the other still human. Tristan... What is happening? She squeaked, looking up at me in tear-stained eyes. I never saw this before. Never heard of it either. Her body locked, hunched over. Her muscles locked in an awkward position. Half and half. Half human and half like him. It's okay. It'll be okay. Don't fight the change. I soothed, the fright growing in my voice, despite how much I tried to stop it. They attacked me. Her voice twisted to an animalistic growl, and she rocked with pain. Shh, don't worry about that now. They told me you ki killed their brothers. Shh, relax. You need to give in to the change. Breathe steady. Don't fight it. I tried to soothe her. She breathed and visibly released the tension in her lips. It worked for barely a moment. One of her hands took on. 
Then it stopped. She passed out from the pain and temporarily gained relief from the agony. I wished I had a clan or my sire was here to help. My sire was in Europe and I hadn't seen him for months. I sat with my head in my hands across from her, regretting finding the hunters and dealing with them. She wasn't safe here, neither was I. I went into the kitchen looking for painkillers, anything that could stop her from feeling the pain and mixed a cocktail in a glass. Normally this amount would have killed her. Hopefully her newfound beast will be able to neutralize the worst of the toxins. I held it to her lips, encouraging her to sip it, and her body remained limp. I could hear her faint heartbeat letting me know she was alive. I wrapped a blanket around her, gently lifted her up, and placed her in the back seat of my car. I drove to the nearby town of Asherville, in hopes the nearby Lycan clan would be willing to help. I sped to the town. Since it was late night, the streets were mostly deserted. I saw a group of teenagers standing on the street corner, smoking some weed, and the glow of their eyes from the car lights told me they were Lycans, all young. Technically, I was trespassing in another clan's territory, and clan disputes could end bloody. There was a small town in the mountains, rustic, and with a close-knit community. A sheriff pulled me over, and I complied, hoping he would help. He strode over to the car, tapped the window, and I wound it down, my documents ready to go. His eyes didn't need to glow. His scent told me he was my kind. At last, are you, sir? He asked, shone his flashlight into my eyes, and his nostrils flared. A cigarette hung from his bottom lip. He looked at my sister, then sniffed again. The light focused on her sleeping form. Bringing drug prey here? You dirty... Sir, I'm sorry. I need help. She... She didn't turn properly. Please, help me. She's my sister, and... You stupid turn-a-fucked walnut. Fuck. Follow me. There's above my pay grade. He got into his car, and I followed him at a safe distance. We went up a winding dirt road up a mountain. I expected a grand mansion with old-school American blue bloods, where I would be completely out of my element. Instead, there was a modest-looking cabin, and an older gentleman sat on his porch. He sat with a whiskey in his hand, wore a white wife-beater, and torn, faded jeans. He had red hair, a scanty beard, and a broad grin. I expected a muscular lichen in the prime of life rather than an older gentleman. We parked, and the sheriff carried my sister out of my car and stood at the porch stairs. I think you're a little lost, aren't you, son? Yeah. Uh, well, he shook with his eyes glowing, and a deep, territorial growl emanated from his mouth. Arched his neck and broadened his chest. The leader walked with a stumbled gait from an injury so great even the beast could not heal. Instantly, the Alpha became concerned when he saw her, beckoning us to follow him. Oh, goodness, no. Bring her in, and I'll see her. He took the steps back, needing a hand of support up the wooden stair rail and made his way inside. The possessive animal inside him was replaced by his mortal kindness, or perhaps it was the opposite way around. He gestured with his hands to a couch, and Marie was placed there. The home was decorated with anything and everything wolf-related. In the center was a statue of the Roman goddess Lupa, our sacred mother and protectress. Remus and Romulus were both beneath her, gazing up at her. I... I had to turn her while she was injured. I don't know what happened. She started to turn, then stopped, then started again, then stopped. I started... 
desperately hoping they could treat her and help her turn. Poor dear. He stroked her hair. Fortunately, she was still drugged and turns to the sheriff. Thanks for bringing her here. You can go back to your duties. The leader sat beside her, put his whiskey down, and gently opened her eyes with his fingers. He leaned close to study them. They were glazed over, and she tried to blink. Otherwise, her body was limp. Huh? I've heard of this, but never saw it in person. I will need to speak to the council to find an answer. I was tense. I know, I know. He conceded. The counselor are not popular with my pack either. Our healers don't have the knowledge to help her. You and your sister are both welcome to stay here as long as you like. He raised a finger. His tone changed, and the kindly old man changed to a protective leader. No feeding or hunting the townspeople here. They're good folk. Some are aware, and some are not. Keep to yourselves, and don't cause a fuss. I nodded, desperate and willing to agree to anything to keep her safe. I don't know how much time had passed. It was a blur, watching her linger, unable to move forward or backward. The Alpha's wife, or mate, whatever the term was, had a cousin associated with the council. The case was pushed through, and I would be able to speak with them directly. Grey Joe, who first found me in the forest, and the two others, accompanied me. They blindfolded me and took me in the dead of night to see them. We traveled for several hours in the back of a van. No more, lad, you're alright. If they were going to kill you, they wouldn't care whether or not you know the location. Before we entered the room, I drank something, and knew I would lose my sense of direction. The council was elusive, almost a shadow organization, even among our kind. I was taken down a long, stone corridor that echoed with every step. The lichens from the nearby pack were replaced by armored guards who stood around me. I wondered why there was such a high level of security. There was a hand on either shoulder, guiding me through, and I could tell I wasn't going to be able to move freely. I was taken inside a vast room, forced to sit, and the blindfold was hastily removed. I blinked and realized I sat across from the four members of the council. They sat on a dais, and the dim room lit by candlelight caused their eyes to glow. The position of power and authority imposed over the room. It felt unnatural. Carved into the stone were images of lichens in battle throughout history, and behind them was a towering bronze statue of Lupa, the human twins suckling from her, the mother of all the lichens. Why have you come? A booming voice rang out. My sister needs help. You tried to turn her when she was mortally wounded. Did your sire not tell you that this is foolish? The woman's terse voice rang out. Her voice echoed. Clearly, they had already been briefed about the situation before my arrival. Her hair streaked with gray, her mouth a firm line, and there was no kindness in her face, nor her words. It was either that or she was going to die, I answered defensively. You've given her a fate worse than death. Another voice spoke, a man older, and he glared down at me with cold eyes. Before I could answer, I was interjected. You will not be punished. You are clanless and do not understand our true ways. You are to go home and in three days dispatch your sister to end her suffering. No, you have to help her. She relaxed and the turning progressed. If she can get help, she will be okay. Silence. I will not tolerate your insolence. I couldn't help but growl defensively, and I stood. 
both beast and man in unison for wanting to protect her. She depended on me. She needed me. Surrounding me, I could hear deep, threatening growls, but I stood my ground. If you do not comply with our decision, we will act. And I guarantee you, the way we will kill her will be far more drawn out and painful. Any way you find to kill her will be a mercy. Do not challenge us, pup. Something struck me hard at the back of the head, and darkness took me. I remembered Marie and I arguing over the TV remote, or having to clean the kitchen together, and ended up having a food fight instead. All the chaotic memories blended with the happier ones when I heard muffled voices around me. I was brought back to life. I woke up in the van to the smell of smoke. I saw Grey Joe again, a pipe in his hand, and he smoked. He regarded me kindly and squeezed my shoulder in support. I'm sorry, lad. I wish there was a better outcome. I was grateful for his words, but I couldn't let them kill her. I wasn't going to kill her. The shaky old van drove up back to the woodland cabin. If I ran, I would be a fugitive, and it wouldn't last long. Either this lichen pack, the council, or hunters would track me down and kill me. If you can't do it, I understand. One of us can. It'll be quick, and you can talk to her before. He stood close and murmured. I couldn't bring myself to say anything. I looked at my hands, gripping my knees. I could see the whites of my knuckles, and I struggled to keep the rage at bay. The van stopped. I didn't want to get out and go outside. Go talk to your sister, lad. Say your goodbyes. He patted my shoulder, and then firmly pulled me out. Every step toward the cabin felt like agony. The sad, near-remorseful faces told me they knew what the news was before I did. I entered the room and the strong scent of living decay struck me. I could hear her whimpering faintly on the bed. They clearly tried to make her comfortable, a drip in her arm, and I noticed she was face down. Her body was so misshapen that if she was on her back, she would have suffocated. I was touched by how they cared for her. She was emaciated now. Her bones stuck out of her body, and I nearly didn't recognize her. Her human hair and lichen fur had fallen out in clumps, leaving sore, irritated skin in its wake. She was freezing, unable to keep herself warm, and she was on death's door. For some reason, she lingered between life and death. She groggily lifted her head. Her lips moved, and she let out a loud sound. The only thing I could compare it to was a wounded puppy or mewling child. It cut me deep. I sat on a stool across from her, leaning down close to her. I'm sorry. I'm... I'm so sorry. I choked. My hand rested on her hair, stroked it, and I felt the twisted human and lichen ear beneath it. Guilt, shame, and pain rocked my heart. I should have let the hunters kill me. It would have been better. She would have been alive, and while she would have grieved... She would have had the chance of a life. Her lichen-clawed but human-fingered hand squeezed mine in reassurance. She nodded slightly, and her willingness only hurt more. My failure. I'm sorry. I... I wish things could have been different. I whispered into her hair before I took her head on either side 
giving it a sharp and sudden twist. Her neck snapped like a twig. The life in her eyes was gone, and I rested my head on hers. My body shook violently as I sobbed. Someone's hand rested on my shoulder for me to shove them away with an infuriated fuck off. I don't know how long I stayed there. The next dawn came up, and my arms remained around her. I felt a hand on my shoulder again. Come on, lad. Let us give her a farewell, huh? A proper one. Worthy of a liking. I've never seen one, nor been invited to one either. They lifted her body, bathed her with wolfsbane-infused water, before they wrapped it in wolf furs, and I heard a hymn in the background. I've never heard it before. It was sad and strong. Outside, a pyre was being built. Larger logs with smaller branches to help it ignite. It was larger than expected. I sat where her body had been, wishing that she would suddenly appear again, and I could smell roasting venison. It had been days since I ate, and a stout woman pushed a wooden bowl in my hand, not taking no for an answer. You need to eat. She waited while I finished eating and took the bowl. I never saw her before. It turned out it was the Alpha's mate. I followed her, and she went outside into the crowded backyard that backed onto the forest. There was a new moon in the sky, and I gazed up. How much time had actually passed? My sister's body was tenderly placed on the pyre. The hymns grew louder and turned into rhythmic chanting. I could have sworn I saw shapes in the shadows that came alive. The back leader, with a fire torch in hand, beckons me to come forward. Tear-stained, I turned and faced them. There were children, elders, adults, and everything in between. Had nearly the whole town come to let her pass on. She was my sister. She was human, and, I guess, lichen. I didn't deserve to die like this. I hope she rests in peace. I gulped. Finally, I realized that I missed an important prayer. Sacred Mother Lupa, watch over and protect her. I didn't know what else to say or do. I lowered it to light. It took a few goes before the flames caught, and soon a roaring blaze stood in front of me. I pondered throwing myself on top of repentance for my sins of getting her killed. The leader of the pack threw back his head and let out a loud howl, soon followed by all of the others. The howls surrounded me, and Brejo nudged me before I let out a howl. It surprised me with how natural it was. For the first time since I changed, I felt like I belonged somewhere. They changed, not caring about their clothing, and it began to tear around them, dropping it to the ground. They howled at the sky. How are they? The gray beard growled, eyes now amber-colored, and in the process of turning, his voice altered as it did so. It's time for a funeral hunt. Soon his human form was gone, and his taller, lichen one now stood before me. I had never changed in front of anyone before, a pack who I wasn't even a part of. I went from feeling nothing to embracing my lunar life. My body changed twisted and turned before it filled out. 
We ran through the forest, leaping and bouncing, and I felt alive. I looked up in the sky, and the smoke from my sister's pyre clung in the air. A hunt had started. No hiding and no creeping in the shadows. We ran, and soon I heard hunter voices in the distance, and I found myself ravenous for their blood. It didn't matter if they were guilty or not. I felt a burn on my upper arm, hissing as a bullet went past it and grabbed her by the head. One finger driven into her eyes and pummeled her head into the ground, destroying her skull. I heard the howls and screams around me. Finally, I was home.